The Rudy Giuliani Show. Rudy Giuliani. Now, we expect Rudy uh, to be joining us momentarily. This is his Kumbhada Cheech, Curtis Sliwa. Uh, to give you some really bad news in advance of the Tunnel to Tower walk-in run in honor of the Stephen Sillis Foundation, which again, back-to-back, belly-to-belly, is a commemoration for all of those who died while going into the belly of the beast to rescue others that were destined to be crushed and destroyed in the attack of September 11th by al-Qaeda and the many co-conspirators of Osama bin Laden. Stephen Siller, who uh, had already finished his uh, 12-hour shift at the firehouse, learned that a plane had attacked or at least uh, struck uh, one of the towers and then decided to drive up to the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, which had been closed off. And uh, right now, the man who was of the hour, that moment, who became our mayor throughout our country and the world, Rudy Giuliani. We got you hooked up, Rudy. Thank you, Curtis. You're my guy. You're unbelievable. Should have been the mayor. Wouldn't have wouldn't have this craziness if you were. So let's start off with the craziness. This is Rudy Giuliani. This is the Rudy Giuliani show. And I thank America for listening in. And let's begin with one example why Curtis Slewer should be mayor. Now, Curtis, I don't I don't want to uh, embarrass you, but uh, maybe almost anybody should be mayor. But the left wing, crazy, criminal loving Democrats that they put in office. Uh, they, sometimes you have to do it with an individual case. Sometimes you can do it with statistics. I think uh, I think the case involving Justin Washington, uh, 25 years old, who last week uh, raped a Bronx woman, uh, who could be described as a sex fiend. I think that's the way she described him. If you go to the Post, uh, you can just, you can read how she fought him off which was uh, nothing less than heroic, uh, but was uh, raped by this animal. Okay, well, you say rapes take place. Yeah, but this didn't have to take place if we did not have Alvin Bragg as our district attorney. By the way, during this spree, because he was due to be in court the week later and probably looking at a sentence, and he figured he wasn't going to get, you know, what's going to happen in prison might not be as satisfying to him as what he's able to do when he can overpower women, because usually these uh, rapists really can't stand up to uh, anybody. Uh, so this was one of five uh, women that he raped or harassed within a very, very short uh, period of time. It's described that she was the second of five victims. Now, why is that important? That's important because back in February, he was arrested for uh, raping an underage girl. And he was let out by Bragg so the girl wouldn't have to testify. What? What? You know how many people I talked into testifying, idiot? And and don't tell me you let him out because the girl wouldn't want to testify. You let them all out, Bragg. You let them all out. You, you wanted to let him out for armed robbery. I don't know, maybe you still do. You said you changed your mind about that. But anybody coming into office as a DA who wants to let people go free from an armed robbery just because they didn't shoot their gun belongs in a nut house. 
or you belong with the crazy, out-of-control defense lawyers that will come up with any phony defense uh, for a criminal that's imaginable because somehow you like criminals rather than decent people like this woman who was raped and probably affected for the rest of her life. She's 48 years old. She can't bear to be alone in her apartment since the creep broke in last week and tried to sexually assault her. I can't sleep. If I hear anything, I get up and look around. I get nervous. I get anxiety. What about her, Bragg? What is she, nothing? What the hell is wrong with you? Are you a fiend? And what's wrong with you, Hochul? What does he have to do for you to remove him? Does he have to go do it himself? You know how many cases there are like this? I could spend this show and the next show and the one after with the people that this guy has gotten raped in our city. He has. It wouldn't happen if you had a halfway sensible DA there. Not a purchased idiot, crooked creature of sorrows trying to destroy our country, trying to destroy our way of life, having succeeded in destroying our system of justice in New York. <clears throat> what system of justice? It exists now? It, it's a system of justice that exists only for uh, the people that you Democrats think are entitled to justice. I mean, let's face it. A Democrat hating Trump goes out and attacks a Republican kills him, and goes out on bail. You don't even report it, you crooked press. You don't even report it. Why would you read those newspapers? They don't even report it. Do you realize what you are allowing the Democrats to do to us? And the Democrats are doing it. These are Democratic mayors that are allowing Democrat district attorneys to let vicious criminals go free because of preference of politics, race, sexual preferences and, and advocacy, religion, all the things our country was established to prevent all the things that gave us a safe and glorious country, that the law was above all this. The law is now below all of it, thanks to our crooked attorney general who they wanted to put on the Supreme Court. They probably knew what a crooked man he is. And what do you expect when we have a career criminal in the White House, a man who for 30 years has taken bribes and sold himself, and now this for years, I've been offended by his use of his religion. T t today or yesterday, he said that Lindsey Graham's proposal on abortion goes further than the Catholic Church because it says that you can have an abortion up until, what is it, 15 weeks. And then he says, Graham prohibits an abortion, and he goes on and says whether there's rape, 
or uh, incest or life of the mother. Does Biden ever, ever, ever tell the truth? And do they ever, ever really, really make him pay for it? That entire statement is maliciously untrue. First of all, he was left back in the third grade. I wasn't. And we both went to Catholic school. The teaching of the Catholic Church, which I think everybody knows, is that life begins with conception. That's the first minute, Joe, not the 15th week. His uh, statement actually is in, uh, is in a contradiction to that of the Catholic Church, which would ban abortion, except for the life of the mother, from the first moment of conception, because it says that's when life begins. You may agree with it. You may disagree with it. There are times in which I've disagreed with it. There are times in which I think different remedies are allowed because of, of the uh, nature of it. And the nature of the uh, relationship between the mother and the now conceived uh, uh, child to be. But it's not your right to mislead and say with the position of the Catholic Church, which is very well defined and very well known. How did we ever get such a massive liar as our president? And then, and then he says that Graham is going to uh, prohibit all those other things. It's right in the bill that he has. You can have an abortion on demand up to 15 weeks. After 15 weeks, you can only have abortion. If you can show always life of the mother, incest, rape. So you're lying about both, Joe. You're misleading the American people. You're perpetrating what my podcast that's coming out later today or tomorrow will say is one of your four fascist tactics, which is, in this case, the big lie. That you're going to do this like, you know, you did Russian collusion for four years. The big lie, you just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And the, the American people, because some of them you've gotten brainwashed, will just not listen to what Lindsey Graham actually said and say, why did Biden lie about what Lindsey Graham said? Why did Biden lie about the position of the church he claims to love? You, you know, Joe, uh, Catholics don't take bribes. Did anybody ever tell you that? They don't take $31 million from a country that has killed 80 million people like China. They don't let their son do it. Yeah, they don't. And Catholics don't sit by while their son is using massive amounts of drugs and watch other people's sons go to jail for the rest of their lives. Catholics don't do that. I don't even want to tell you who does that. There are words I can't use except maybe in a bar. And, and by the way, Joe, I'm 77, but I'm not corn puff. And actually... You lie about so much. I don't even think, I think Corn Puff beat the heck out of you. That's what you're all worried about. I thought McCarthy did a great thing today in laying out what Republicans would do. And uh, people say it came late. It's actually earlier than uh, Newt Gingrich's contract with America. And they're all things that make, how about their common sense? Let's have choice in education. They want choice over killing babies. They don't want choice in education. You know what we should emphasize about abortion is you may not like the extreme position of some of 
the, 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 the most absolute position that no abortion at any time. Catholic Church. Except life of the mother. You might not like that. But how about on the other side? Abortion the moment before the child comes out of the womb at eight or nine months. That's what is in New York. That's the law in Democrat New York. In Democrat uh, Virginia, they wanted to actually go over and give the mother a little grace period in case the mother was asleep. When the abortion didn't work, the mother would get a little time to figure out what to do with the baby after the baby was born. What do you call that? You call that murder, infanticide. What's the difference between the baby the moment it comes out of the womb and five hours before? when, according to the law of New York, you can murder the baby, crush its skull. I got to live with that. There can't be something better than that. That's what the Democrats are in favor of. That's where Lindsey Graham's proposal, although I don't see it as a federal law because of the Supreme Court's decision in my own view of the Constitution, that's, you know... Strict Catholics aren't going to like it because Biden is wrong. The guy left back in the third grade is wrong. Catholics believe moment of conception. But you want to say 12 weeks, which a lot of European countries say, most of them say most European countries have a limit because they have some degree of respect for human life. Uh, uh, progressive Democrats have no limit. You can slaughter the fetus who becomes a baby anytime you want. Just get tired of wanting to have that baby. Go crush its skull. So we'll be right back. And um, we got more things to discuss about the, what's got to be done to save this country. Rudy Giuliani. Former Mayor Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rudy Giuliani. The Rudy Giuliani Show. If you came across a child. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And uh, we were we were we were we were talking about some of Biden's more. um, Blatantly false statements. Graham proposes abortion for 15 weeks and then no abortion but with three exceptions life of the mother rape incest and he lies on both counts he says this is goes further than my church it does not his church bans abortion from conception on that's just a complete absolute lie and why the present pope sucks up to you is the same reason, I guess, that he protects card. It doesn't protect cardinals then. Where, where do you come off misrepresenting the position of the church? Look, my position on abortion is not consistent with the position of the church. At different times, it's varied in different ways. Even now, it's probably more flexible. I, but I don't pretend to speak for the Catholic Church. And as I told Cardinal O'Connor, who... Uh, someday I'll tell you what he told me. I said, I, you know, I respect the position of the Catholic Church, even if I don't agree with it completely. I agree with it mostly. 
And then, you know, you kind of push me, you uh, crazy Democrats kind of push me back uh, into just about the entire position of the church when you approved abortion in the eighth and ninth month and then cheered for it. You shouldn't be happy about that. First of all, you shouldn't do it. It's murder. I mean, we're going we're gonna to debate whether at seven, eight, nine months it isn't a, a human life. It can exist outside the womb, you know. It's got everything a human being has. You've got to crush its skull to kill it. Oh, well. I actually think, Lindsey Graham, uh, you're going to find it's something very smart here. He got the debate to be more uh, complex. The Democrats, as usual, by uh, out-talking and owning the crooked uh, state media, you know, just had this on the extreme right-wing position. I don't consider it that extreme, but when you look at it on, on a chart, it's the extreme position, right, which is no abortion. They didn't uh, uh, point out that something like 60%, 63% of Catholics are, uh, in fact, most Catholics are against abortion, but they want limit, uh, are against abortion, but will accept some with limitations, which is what uh, Lindsay's talking about. Vast majority of Americans agree with no abortion in the first 12, 15, some go to 24 months. And then most Americans agree no late-term abortion. Because most Americans realize it's murder, except for the murderous Democrat Party. That's the debate we've got to have. We can't just be, we got to, and, and I, I say to, about my friend Lindsay, who sometimes I love and sometimes I get angry at, and vice versa. I say, uh, uh, they're wrong. They were wrong from the very beginning because they're simplistic in going after you on this. You've, however it works out, you've provided us with a service because you have gotten us to think rather than to just emote, which is what they use to spread their propaganda. I'd like to go to Mary in Wantaw, New York. Mary, you should have waited. Well, then Viviana. Hello, Mayor. It's always a pleasure to well, talk to you. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Viviana. What, what, what's uh, going on? Well, um, uh, I want to make a small comment and then make my other point. Go ahead. My mom was hit by a panhandler. Your mom? How old is your mom? Yeah, she was at the time almost 79. And the young lady, um, I call her a young lady because God loves all people. Of course God does. She was totally out of line. And my mom couldn't forget that slap on her face, knocked Aww. off her glasses, and just for a dollar. So she couldn't forget that for a year. She didn't go back in that area for a year. Yeah, of course, of course. So this lawlessness is killing our elderly. You know, do you, do you, may, have, you uh, may, uh, I'm not going to ask your age, but you're obviously, you remember the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, right? Definitely. Okay. So we had a lot of crime then. Do you know we had statistically a lot more crime then until I brought it down? But I don't think we had crimes that were this bold or this blatant. I don't remember a lot of crimes where somebody standing on the street, particularly an elderly person, and they get whacked in the face for no reason, or they get whacked in the face for their, for their purse, or the person gets the purse and hits them anyway. 
I, I think I agree, sir. I think the crimes are bolder, if if that makes sense. You, you know what I'm saying? It, they they are bolder, sir, because of the bail reform that tells criminals you can do everything and not be held accountable. And uh, that is something that has to stop. And I believe Lee Zeldin and his team. Oh, we need Zeldin. Done. But I didn't we... call that for that. <laughs> I really have to make my other point because I yeah, know. Please, you no, no, to... go ahead. You're doing very well, and I, I have, uh, I have two more minutes. So go ahead. I gotta. Okay, I gotta hold you over. Do you mind staying on? No problem. Well, you stay on, and and we're gonna make some money, and we'll be right back. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right. Rudy Giuliani. Former Mayor Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And we had Viviana from Brooklyn on the phone, and she was really making a very good point. I didn't want to interrupt it. Go ahead, Viviana. Well, sir, um, I'm thinking about what has happened to New York City after you and others cleaned it up, and it's a, it's a shame. So I'm just going to go real fast on this one. We cannot vote the same way we've been voting. Uh, Zeldin is, is promising bail reform fix, support for our law enforcement, more school choice, not less, reduce the cost of living, I'm with you. lower energy costs, safe, uh, safe transit systems, and he is pro-life. But I, I, what's broken my heart, Mayor, is that young man in South Dakota that got killed by another person who felt threatened. And I want to call out Mr. Biden. Yeah, please me, do. He's because, Mr. Yeah, Biden. Uh, go, go do it. Come on, Viviana. Yeah. Because they do that to us. And, he, and they wantonly, gotta, they... he wantonly said he was going to do a unity a speech. But what the speech that he did was let us on my side unite against them who are uh, patriots and love the nation so he caused the death of that young man. Well, okay. And he needs to be held responsible. I think based on based on the way the Democrats analyze our behavior, he caused the death of the man. Because their whole analysis of January 6th is because uh, Trump felt that the election was stolen. Even though he told people to be peaceful and patriotic, that he somehow caused the problems. Well, Trump's language was moderate compared to Biden's satanic speech with the red background and the black background, looking like a devil coming out of hell, saying that all MAGA people were extremists, they were dangerous, they were uh, terrorists. Well, I mean, that could lead a unbalanced person to say, well, they should be killed. Now, I'm going to switch gears for a moment. I don't believe that's fair to do it to Trump or to do it to Biden. Because I don't, I don't think that uh, the behavior of these insane people is that simple. And I think uh, political figures arguing about very, very difficult and emotional questions that do touch on life and death have to be given a great deal of scope to express what they're saying. 
as long as they don't directly advocate violence. Even if they say things that will get people angry and get people upset. and They can't assume that people are going to get angry, upset, and go kill people. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's right. And it, it, it just, it's just completely inconsistent with everything I learned about criminal justice and justice and how you ascribe uh, 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 responsibility for crime where you take liberties away. Maybe you could have civil liability for that. But what they're doing to Trump with this stolen election thing, or any of us who talked about stolen election. Now, I have to say the judge who dismissed the case against me and Donald Jr., this guy should get some kind of profile and courage. He was an Obama appointment. And he basically said that our language didn't amount to, you know, getting people all excited and being violent. But if you want to be fair, the stuff that Biden said is much worse than anything Trump ever said. Trump attacked Biden. Trump attacked Hillary. Trump attacked Stalwell. Trump attacked the big guy. Trump didn't attack Democrat voters. He didn't say they're a bunch of traitors or they're a bunch of... He felt sorry for them, like I do. So I don't know. But it really does demonstrate, though, I wouldn't go as far as you go. But what it does demonstrate is we don't have justice in America. Because you know, if it were reversed, and the guy killed the other guy because the other guy was a, MAGA, was a, uh, was a Biden supporter, and, he, and the guy who did it was a MAGA Republican, this would be worldwide news. And the guy would not be let out on bail. Because none of them were. And we, and we got these people, January 6th people, who didn't do anything. They didn't kill anybody. And they're sitting in jail for 15 months. And these useless judges are letting them stay there. In what country exactly are they judges? I mean, every judge on the D.C. circuit or the D.C., whatever the hell you want to call it, should go apply for work in China. What, what about the chief judge waking up? you got a thing going on like the Japanese internment there. These people didn't murder anybody. Well, we now have Chad O. Jackson on the line, who uh, is part of a production that you have got to watch. I think it's called Uncle Tom 2. And it's uh, Larry Elder, my good friend Larry Elder. You remember the first one, which I thought was one of the best things ever done about explaining what's going on in America. But let's have Ch Chad. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you for having me on, Rudy. Um, I actually met your son. When oh, I you met Andrew? New York. Yeah, I met him a, a year ago, and I was telling him about some of the things in the well, movie before tell, it came out. Tell us about it, because I want everybody to see it. Yeah, he seemed a bit shocked about some of the things that I said. But <laughs> okay, I, mean, everything that, I love to be shocked. <laughs> everything in the film is excellent absolutely 100 percent true i think larry and you know everybody else was a part of this project look if larry's a part saying, of it it's all true right right we're you have to tell the anything more than that i mean larry's got got to have more integrity than uh <laughs> absolutely. let's just leave it as as anybody yeah so we're setting the record straight about our history american history black history uh marxist communists have uh, lied to black Americans about our own history. These are the people who are, you know, running the narrative and journalism and our education system. And the whole idea is to separate black people from America to make us feel like we are other than, like we're not wanted, all to mobilize us into 
a political army to destroy the country. And so yeah. we, we set the record straight with this film. Um, we believe so how does it that build it has- on, how does it build on the first one? I'm, uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, I've watched the first one a couple of times. I'm sure most of a lot of people that listen to me have probably watched it. But how does it build right. on the first one, which was uh, superior? Well, part two is superior to part one. I'll just say it that way. Because the thing is, people people think that, oh, a, a sequel of a movie's coming out. It, it must not be as good because sequels typically do do very badly. Like, hell, look at Godfather 2. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Part two is truly a movie that stands on its own. It goes deeper than part one. Uh, it, yeah, it a lot of people over- like it better, you know. Right. But I mean, I, 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 no, I could see in watching that that there's a lot more. You, you might have a three, too. I mean, yeah, there's a lot more to be said. Uh, there's so much to right. be said that if you said it all at once, you'd confuse people. Right, absolutely. But we do it gracefully. We do it with, with malice towards Tell nobody. Tell me what, what you think people would be surprised about the most. I think people will be surprised about the civil rights movement the most. The civil uh. rights movement was a, was a death blow to America. Uh, we were lied to. We were taken advantage of. There were certain heroes that were erected and before our very eyes who were Marxists or who at least had Marxist uh, uh, leanings. And, you know, there's, we, don't, we don't hold any sacred cows in this movie. We look at things objectively and critically, and we look at how we strayed so far away from our constitutional republic and, and why we're in the place we're in today. So we, we tell you about who, who is really behind Black Lives Matter, and guess what? It's not a black guy. It's a, it's a white Marxist. It's important for people to know these things yeah. that we're not... No, that is so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not constantly falling prey to yet another social justice movement that seems like it's something that you should get behind, but in reality, it, it's it's causing us to. So how do people? How do people? How do people get the uh, the movie? So they look. All you're asking them to do, like I do, is listen to the other listen to the other side. If you have these. Uh, views affected by the Democrats. Just listen to the other side. You can, if you want to reject it, reject it. So how do they? How do they get to to see it? You can watch Uncle Tom right now at UncleTom.com. dot com. You can also you can also watch it on uh, on SalemNow dot com. Oh right, um, right. That's I saw yeah. some of it on Salem. I'm going to watch the whole thing tonight. Yeah, and, and please do. And and, have and Larry on. To... If Larry's got time, I want him on next week. Oh He's yeah, he's one of my heroes. Please. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be pleased. No, 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 he really is. I mean, he's... I also think, you know, it might be hard to see this, but I feel sort of a connection with him. I went through this when I went after the mafia. Mm, Back in the 80s. I was accused of being anti-Italian. Yeah. I was accused of being a self-hating Italian. That I was doing this to clean myself up. That that, uh, I really hated Italians and didn't understand that's why i was victimizing them and going after them particularly i was only going after them because they killed a lot of people i mean that's why i did it right right, right. And i'd gone after anybody else to kill that many people but it's hard it's hard to understand that a lot of us really aren't we're not prejudiced we're really not prejudiced we're not i mean a lot of us have grown up being taught you evaluate people on the merits Yep. I, even if you think of Martin Luther King, but I mean, you don't have to think of Martin. I didn't learn that from Martin Luther King. I learned it from my father and mother. Right. I learned it when I was five before I even knew who the hell Martin Luther King was. My, <laughs> my, my father had Jewish friends. He had black friends. He had other friends. My father, my father actually was a sparring partner twice for Sugar Ray Robinson. Nice. 
So, I mean, I got to know black people. I got to know Jewish people. I got to know Italian people. I got to know Irish people. And I got to know there are a lot of really good ones, and there are real, some real bums. <laughs> right? mm. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, that's how they do it. They, they try to take people like yourself, like Larry. They call Larry the white. The, what the they black did to him when he ran for governor, they should go to hell they, for that. Exactly, exactly. And so they try to take, you know, honest, good people and make and call them bigots and racists and so on and so forth. When all you're trying to do is preserve the integrity and the glory of America, they want to destroy America and they want to destroy everybody who gets in the way of allowing them to do that. And so that's why they're going to call you an Italian hater when you go after the mafia. That's why they're going to call Larry you know, whatever they want to call him for making this movie. Well, Uncle we Tom to... is the is the old expression. I don't, I, I don't know. Is that still current? Is that still the thing that they no, do? They're, if still it, if they... they're still doing it on MSNBC, CNN, and the uh-huh. rest. Yeah. They're still doing it to this very they day. They do it to women, too. Uh, minority, yeah. I, I mean, Nikki Haley and some of them were pointing that out. I mean, if an African-American or, or, or woman of color ends up being conservative, all of a sudden they start going after her like, like she's a prostitute or something. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to start beating them at their own game. So thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, but for thank what you, you and do. thank you. This is a wonderful, wonderful. And uh, I don't know that people realize how courageous it is to do this. It takes a certain yeah. amount of courage to do this, and well, Larry's got plenty of it, and, and you do too. Chatted wonderful. I'd love to meet you. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it, and, and good work. Thank you. This is what America needs. We come together as Americans. I don't know. I'm going to tell you something really simple. I learned this as a kid, and then then it just got further developed and further developed and further developed. So I'm Italian-American. I love being Italian-American. Is it nice? I love it. You want to to do a little test on Italian opera with me and somebody doesn't think I'm Italian enough? Want me to tell you the three periods of Verdi or how Puccini affected Frank Sinatra? Hmm. Much I. Yeah, I I went through I went through uh, I I went through radiation for uh, for prostate cancer for thirty days. The guy who who did it heard that I was a big opera fan. I was the mayor then. He probably figured I was like most politicians a bull s artist. And he said, I'm going to play a game with you to keep you because I know you're very restless and you're not going to sit still for the twelve minutes. I'm going to play an opera. But I know you can pick out the opera. I want you to pick out the singer and, and, and the conductor. I said, you do? I said, you got to do me w- one favor. You can't pick something esoteric. You got about 5,000 things you can choose from that's in the catalog. Pick one. See, see what you do, wise guy. How about, uh, I was 29 out of 30. I missed one. I missed, I missed one. It was a, and it was a French opera, damn it. Yeah. The Pearl Fishers. And I thought it was UC Bioling and Robert Merrill, and I got it wrong. That was it. One, one. You do Italian opera, I'll beat the living daylights out of you. We'll be back with the mayor's final word. That's Rudy Giuliani. America's mayor. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rudy Giuliani Show. And now, it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's Final Thoughts. 
This is Rudy Giuliani back with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show. The last day of the week. So many things we could talk about. But these are the mayor's final words. And they're sponsored by Tunnels to Towers. But it's a lot more than being sponsored by Tunnel to Towers. And that's why I'm going to spend my final words on Tunnel to Towers. I'm going to spend my final words on Tunnel to Towers because it's going to have, Tunnel to Towers is going to have this weekend on Sunday, a, a, uh, uh, a race. Uh, uh, and, and, and it's, you know, it, it, I'd say it challenges the New York Marathon in terms of numbers of people participating. And it beats the New York Marathon on moral purpose. Somewhere between 30 and 35,000 people on Sunday morning will run through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. They'll do a little circular route when they get into Manhattan, and then they'll come to the site of uh, ground, ground Zero. And what they're doing is they're, they're retracing the steps of Stephen Siller, who on the morning of September 11, 2001, was at home with his wife and children. And his wife, I believe, informed him that there was an attack on the World Trade Center. He was off that day, and I think going to play golf with uh, my good friend, who I love, and you should too, Frank Siller. Uh, But he knew what he had to do. He left the house, kissed his wife, left the house, ran to the firehouse, which I believe was a couple of blocks away in southern Brooklyn. He got his bunker gear, which weighs a substantial amount, I think about 60 pounds, 70 pounds. I've held it, but... (laughs) And he ran through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, and he ran to the World Trade Center. When he came out of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, he had to look at hell. He had to be looking at hell in the sky. I want you to just pause for a moment as the man came out of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. I don't care if he was 27, 28, and he had a big pair of you-know-what, and he was very strong and very brave and very good and very everything. If he wasn't scared, he wasn't human. I saw the same thing he did from the other direction as I was rushing toward it. And it scared me, and I sucked it up and said, I'm not going to think about that. That's what he had to have done. I got a job to do. What's his job? Your job, if you were in there, was to run away from it. And it was your job. We've got to save as many people as possible. I don't want you to stay in there. His job, which he took an oath to do, was to go toward it like I did. And he went toward it. And he went in it. And there's no doubt his tremendous professional expertise saved people, as did many, many others who did the same thing for whom I am credited so many times since then. You can't believe at 4 o'clock in the morning in the Frankfurt airport, somebody coming up to me and saying, thank you, Mayor, your firefighters saved my life because they were rushing in the building as I was trying to get out, and it made me feel a little calmer. I didn't push so hard. I didn't push anybody. Nobody pushed me. How many people die in these? One, it just happened now. How many people die when they get panicked? The fact that my firefighters, my police officers, Port Authority, New York City, went into that building, created the best and most effective rescue in the history of this country, according to the 9-11 Commission, which was critical on certain matters. And Stephen is 
an example we can point out. Individually, he deserves great credit. Collectively, that credit should be spread among all of them. So come on Sunday. If you can't run like my knee, I won't be able to run. But I'll be there. I'm almost always there, and I'm going to tell you why. When this first came up in 2001, several, a week or so after the attack, Richard Shearer now departed, a great man and a great commissioner of emergency services, and the city would not be in the condition it's in if it wasn't for Richie both then and the service he gave to Mayor Bloomberg after that. Richie said, uh, this family, he said the name, want to have a run through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel on Sunday. I said, Richie, you're crazy. They, nobody can have the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. I'm using it for the FBI, for the federal government, the CIA, everybody to get the stuff so it can be examined out in Staten Island in a neutral atmosphere. They can recreate a criminal scene. Da, 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 da. I need it 24 hours a day. Why do you think I'm shutting people out coming into the city? Think I want to do that? You know how much economic damage? I went on and on. Uh, Richie was a genius. Richie knew me, and he said, uh, Mayor, 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 calm down. Take it easy. Take it easy. Don't get so upset. Let me bring Frank in tomorrow. Just don't make a decision. Pro promise me you won't make a decision. I have used to that. My staff, I, I can't, believe it or not, I can be talked out of things. That's why I was such a goddamn good mayor. And uh, I'm sorry I said that, but it's true. And uh, the next day, at some point, he brought Frank in with him alone. I think alone. Maybe with his older brother. I don't remember. Well, Frank talked me into it in two seconds since then. I've been there every year for 21 years. Come on Sunday, right at Ground Zero, and you'll see all the pictures. You will walk away without remembering how brave they were. God bless America. See you on Sunday.